This is the Health, Hope, and Healing Podcast. If you've ever wondered if there was more to life, if you find yourself yearning for connection, more purpose, more fulfillment, you're in the right place. We believe God dreamed more for you when he dreamed the dream of you. So this is an invitation, an invitation for you to take your next step into all Jesus did for you on the cross, all that's available here and now. So come on, let's step in and maybe it's time to step up. Hi everyone, this is Dr. Kyrie Gutierrez with the Help, Hope, and Healing podcast. This month of July, we are concentrating on some of the podcasts that were presented in the Holistic ADHD Parent Podcast, which is something I used to run. It is available over on YouTube. A lot of the episodes are up, not all of them. That's a work in progress, but I'm getting there. And today I want to share with you something that is good for everyone, not just people with ADHD children. So There were a couple of things referenced in the podcast I want to talk about first, instead of linking two of them here today. And one of them is if you, if you ever have an ADHD diagnosis, you need to know that it never comes alone. It never is just ADHD. There's always a comorbidity. There's always something else at play. And I was not aware of that as a parent. So let that just be a little bit of comfort for you. Most of this podcast today, I'm talking about what you do if you just can't get on board with an ADHD diagnosis. You know, there's something up, you know, there's something off, but it just doesn't seem to be that. And it's some alternative ideas. So I'm going to link the entire podcast here, including the intro, just because I want you to hear my heart behind what I'm saying. And I'll see you on the other side. ADHD. The diagnosis comes with all sorts of stigmas and cringy beliefs about how life is going to be. Chaos, clutter, striving, just barely surviving. Our culture tells us this is the way for an ADHD family. It's going to be hard. But let me tell you, there's a lot more available for you and your student. As parents, we need resources and support, tools in our tool belt for handling situations and challenges in our own home, in real time in ways our kids actually respond to. We don't need to wait for appointments. What are we gonna do in the moment? 2 Timothy 1.7 says that God has given us a sound mind, and I believe that promises for us and for our children. So join me here for conversations about natural alternative support you can implement with your ADHD kiddo. As parents, we're called to parent more than just behavior and academics. We cultivate children's spirit, their creativity, their mind, their body, it's a lot, and you need the support just as much as they do. My mission is to help you stop the chaos, reclaim your kid's childhood, and nourish your whole kid. I'm Dr. Kyra Monroe Gutierrez, and this is the Holistic ADHD Parent Podcast. Hey y'all, Dr. Kyrie Gutierrez here, and I want to talk to you today about a question I get a lot, and it's from parents who don't believe their child actually has ADHD, or they have symptoms and they're just not sure they want to spend the money to get an actual diagnosis, or they're just confused, and something tells them that there's more at play than a simple ADHD diagnosis. And let's just talk about it today. I think if you listen back 
a couple of podcasts ago, I talked about the elephant in the room and it was the idea that ADHD doesn't ever happen by itself. There's always a comorbidity. There's always another element. There's always something else going along with it. It very rarely happens on its own. So if you have a kid who is developmentally on task and in their milestones in every other way, yes, there is a chance that they don't actually have ADHD. There can be a lot of factors at play. It can be a sleep deprivation issue or a chronic gut inflammation issue. There can be a lot of things. One I want to talk about today specifically is retained primal reflexes. If you've never heard of primal reflexes, you are in the right place. So a reflex is a response your body has you don't have to think about, such as when you go to the doctor and they tap your knee with a hammer and your knee jerks. That is a reflex, and it's a signal that your nervous system is operating correctly. You have primitive reflexes that you were born with. They were supposed to integrate before you were a year old, and they are like the roots of your nervous system. They are primitive. They're not sophisticated. This is not executive function we're talking about. We're talking about basic things that an infant would do as a survival mechanism. Um, There are, depending on what you read, there are either five or seven or eight. It depends on the person you're talking to and their belief system behind a couple, but the main ones are called things like Palmer or rooting. You've probably heard of a baby rooting, Moro reflex, tongic labyrinth, the spinal gallant reflex, asymmetrical and symmetrical tonic neck reflexes, the Landau, even the Babansky can be considered part of a primal, a primal reflex in infancy. And what you don't want is these reflexes to be retained because the primitive reflex holding on in the brain doesn't give way for more sophisticated reflexes to take place. And so your child, the person is stuck in a loop in the brain that doesn't really serve them when they get older. And for kiddos, if this reflex isn't broken, their nervous system gets stuck in fight or flight survival mode. And I talk about fight and flight and inflammation probably more than anything else. You've got to find a way to get your kiddos out of fight and flight and into rest and digest. Stress is going to kill us all. Yes, stress being that fight and flight mode. And so what can this actually look like in your kiddo? This can look like poor motor function. Maybe they have terrible coordination Maybe I sometimes have terrible coordination, but if you see it as a pattern, if you see the inability to sit still and concentrate, poor concentration, messy handwriting, if they're very sensitive to food textures, if they have trouble tracking visually left to right and right to left, if you have a kiddo that's just fidgeting all the time, if they have terrible posture, if they have sensory overload, like if you go into Um, We're just coming out of 4th of July here in North Texas. And if you have a kiddo who hates the fireworks because it's just too loud, or they go into a ballpark or a concert, um, back when people were doing that before COVID, hopefully that's coming back. But if they've got to wear earplugs because the noise is just too much, if you have a kiddo with terrible mood swings, those are all things that can be attributed to retained primal reflexes, not just 
teenage hormones or ADHD or dyslexia, they actually could have a reflex basis. And if you don't integrate that reflex, um, you can do all the dyslexia classes in the world and it's not going to make the progress you want it to make. I'm not going to say it's not going to make progress. I'm going to say you need to integrate that if you want more resolution. So incidentally, these reflexes can be integrated, obviously, or we wouldn't be talking about them, but they can also come back. So if you have a kiddo who has been in a very high stress situation, either emotionally or physically, maybe they had a terrible infection or a concussion, or if there's been a divorce or a death where they've been under high stress, these can come back and they are not terribly difficult to integrate. There are some simple exercises that will integrate them back. Think about if you're integrating these reflexes by age one, they can't really be that complicated because one-year-olds aren't that complicated. (laughs) They're going to do simple movement, primitive movements. Those primitive movements will help retain them back. And it's that body-mind connection that is so strong that we really discredit that makes a huge difference. Also, one of the reasons I was exposed to primitive reflexes in the first place is I've got a kiddo with scoliosis and there is a big connection between the spinal gallant and the asymmetrical tonic neck reflex and scoliosis. So if we can break that or integrate it in her, the body will stop flinching and drawing to one side and that postural um, abnormality will start to self-correct, which is phenomenal. Um, another reason I was brought to this is the Palmer. Well, and let me be fully transparent. I didn't really buy into this when I first read it. If you have been listening to me for any time at all, you'll hear how skeptical I am of so many things, but I thought, you know, my kids hit most of their milestones. They were, you know, potty training, walking, crawling. We did all the things on time. I don't really know that this is a thing with us. So I took some of the testing to my son and he has terrible handwriting. He will tell you it is awful. It looks like chicken scratch. And I was having him, I was bribing him to learn cursive because at least we could read that. But I took his hand and I did some simple strokes from his uh, finger to the base of his palm and he couldn't keep his hand open. It like tickled. It was really uncomfortable to keep his hand open and not flinch. That is a sign that he has a palmer reflex. The messy handwriting is the result, but the reflex was retained. And when I actually went and had my son worked with, he retained most of these. And I hadn't seen it because I didn't know to look for it. So if you spend any time with him, like a couple of hours in a row, you will see him flinch real hard. He just, something comes over him like a cold chill and his whole body just flinches. That's a startle reflex from infancy. And I had no idea that he had retained it. And it was part of the problem and starting of the unraveling of these primal reflexes for him. So it's time to get curious. If you've been wondering, is there something else at play or is there something else you could do? Primal reflexes are a great place to start. There's a lot of information online. You can work with 
a lot of different therapists that work with primal reflexes. If you've got a chiropractor who specializes in kiddos and does some neurodevelopment work, if you work with an occupational therapist, there are a lot of different, those are just two off the top of my head, that do a lot of work with primal reflexes. These can be integrated. It doesn't take terribly long, I'm talking six, eight weeks of some constant exercises that are not hard or taxing you can start to see a real difference in that brain-body connection. So if you've been curious, this is a great place to start. Thanks for hanging out with me today. I'm really glad you did. If you want more information about what I'm up to and the resources I offer, head over to my website. It's chiropractor.com. So that's my first name, Kyra, K-Y-R-A, and then Practor, P-R-A-C-T-O-R.com get it? I'm a chiropractor. (laughs) It's like marketing genius, right? Y'all have a great day and I will talk to you next Wednesday. Bye now. So I hope that brings you some hope and some ideas of alternative reasons that your child has some neuro challenges. If you're curious also about primal reflexes, reach out. I've got more resources here and I definitely have some names and people to send you to, but this primal reflex work is really a game changer. And here in the last month of summer before school ramps up, you could really jumpstart a lot of that healing process. So I hope that gives you some hope, some direction, and I'll see y'all next week. Thank you for listening. We speak health, hope, and healing over you. For more information, visit our website at integratedcnw.com.